0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Special Saturday edition here, uh, speaking with Eric Nalin, publisher of InsideTexas.com, your source for Texas sports and and recruiting news. Uh, O'Shawn Mathis, talented transfer defensive end from TCU, uh, decides today or announces today he's going to Nebraska. What, What do you make of it, Eric?
1: I mean, it's a it's a bummer for the staff. Of course, they're gonna have to kind of uh, regroup and, and reassess what they want to do. Uh, but I think they, uh, you know, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to decide that they're going in or go with the, in the, the season with the plan that, that they've got all their pieces on the line, uh, and they're probably not gonna add any more. You know, we got the May first deadline looming. Um, maybe they can comb the the dregs of JUCO. Uh, who knows? But I, I don't think it's likely that they'll add somebody. They had a couple of losses via the portal. Uh, that was more to make room for, it. And, you know, the future class and and O'Shawn Mathis if they got him. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to to see what they do schematically to make up for it. And we've got some ideas which direction they're going. They probably told us a little bit uh, throughout spring ball. I think they did practice uh, for weeks on end as if Mathis wouldn't be there, even though they, I think they expected him for most of it. I think, you know, Bobby, based on our information, it seemed like things kind of started to shift a week or two ago. And, and uh, you know, our, our best sources on it still thought they were in it late but you just never know with these these uh portal recruitments that can go they can go either way pretty quick
0: yeah you and i had we're we're going at this from different directions jerry hamilton uh justin we we all worked it from from different angles uh we were told uh by sources at at tcu uh uh just you know point blank that he was wanting to pin his ears back uh, and get after the quarterback texas asked him to stand up a little bit sometimes in that in that defense and uh, try to play a little bit in space. And I, I think ultimately that was a, a decision point. Um, the The idea that Nil uh, that Nebraska's Nil power or uh, what have you was insurmountable or something that Texas couldn't match, I, I know firsthand is uh, is not true. Um, the The reality of it is that, uh, the reality of it is, is that I think he just got out-recruited by Nebraska. Texas got out-recruited here by Nebraska. Nebraska convinced uh, Mathis that he should just continue to be a right. hand-in-the-dirt kind of guy and, and get after the quarterback, whereas uh, Texas was asking him for a slightly different uh, position. It's, uh, it's your understanding, and, and you and I uh, i have you know thought about this, it's your understanding Texas – slightly altered its approach in recruiting late kind of somewhat late in the game as a reaction to that is that correct
1: yeah i think that's that was our tell that nebraska was winning the narrative on on how he should play and uh they were winning the recruitment you know whenever you start hearing guys saying what what you know the other school's pitching uh it's probably one of the only reason i'll read recruit quotes is to see what they're saying if it sounds like something i'd be saying if i was a coach at a and you know terry price used to be a master of that at a and going up against uh you know oscar giles at texas you know like oh you know, I'm going I know I can't get in the league if I'm in a three-man front. I gotta be in a four-man front. You know, Terry Price is winning that winning the the narrative there. And so it sounded to me like Nebraska was and Texas altered, but it was. A, it seems like it was too late. Well, obviously it was too late.
0: Yeah, um, Mathis a big a big uh, hit to the Longhorns. Uh, one of several things that happened in the portal, and I want to get to the rest of the portal. Uh, but first, what do you think that does to the Texas depth chart uh, as you see it going into fall? Uh, now that we're already through spring. Obviously, Baron Sorrell uh, and or, or Sorrell and uh, Justice Finkley were one-two coming out of the spring at that spot. I guess they stay the same. You think Texas works more three-down linemen? Uh, you're suggested. I know you suggested Mora Ojomo might should move uh, yeah. to that spot. What what are the options that you think the Texas staff is kind of working through right now?
1: Well, you have an abundance of interior players and 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 you know a dearth of of exterior players on the edge. So. Uh, you've got to move Ojemo. Um And I, you know, I thought that Ian Boyd and I, and I were talking uh, past each other, and that's exactly the case. so he he's kind of in agreement with me that that Ojemo should um, should should play that role that Alfred Collins played last year uh, when Jacoby Jones went down. Uh, and that'll put Collins in with the first team, and then you still got Coburn, Byron Murphy, Travondre Sweat, uh, Vernon Broughtons coming on, and we'll, we'll be ready to play snaps uh, more more so than last year. Um, and then so you have Ojemo and then Baron Sorrell. Now, the, the, the problem is, and I agree with Ian Boyd on that, is, you know, where, where's the, the, pa, uh, the pass rush going to come from? Ojemo is not going to be a plus, plus pass rusher, but he's going to make it very hard to run, on, run the ball on him. Um, so they're going to have to get creative. They're going to have to probably, uh, you know, they're going to have to have a, a really good sub package for those third down uh, passing situations. And they're going to be able to they're going to have to be able to sub that on uh, with regularities because they're not going to get much pass rush on third and long with uh, with that that base group.
0: Yeah, I I think that it's this is what Texas needed, and uh, for the first time, really, I think Texas kind of uh, struck out a little bit in the portal. Um, you know, they they'd been on such a roll, starting with Quinn Ewers uh, and and Ryan Watts. Uh, you know, around signing day in December, uh, then they they uh, pry Isaiah Naor away from uh, away from not necessarily Wyoming. He's already in the in the portal, but away from Tennessee. Yep. Uh, that was a huge one. Uh, adding uh, Jalil Billingsley and Ajay Hall here in the last month or so, or a couple months I guess uh, Billingsley came in uh, after the national championship and then Hall recently this is the first kind of real true setback where we saw Texas say hey I really want this guy and, and did not come away with him.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help excellent fallback plan you know if if uh if USC gets Jordan Addison they're going to have a bigger year than Mario Williams next year I, I, I bet a lot of money on that so uh in this case there's just not that fallback plan and against, of course they're up against that May 1st deadline where players who go into the portal will be eligible next year so uh yeah it's a little bit different they're going to have to get more creative with the pass rush it's not the end of the world it's still the year before the year uh, and that means the younger guys that that uh, they're going to need two seasons from now are going to get more development time on the field this year than they would have with uh, O'Shawn Mathis. Now, I'm not saying that's ideal. I'm not trying to sell you rainbows. Uh, but I do believe in silver linings, and uh, that's going to be one of them.
0: Um, Longhorns, uh, in the last – you mentioned that May 1st deadline. Uh, in the last 72, 96 hours, whatever it is, uh, Longhorns have had uh, six players enter the portal. There still could be more today or tomorrow, right? Uh, right. is my understanding, um, but those six players, uh, Myron Warren, defensive lineman, uh, I think he's a redshirt sophomore out of Manny, Louisiana, maybe a redshirt junior, uh, J- Jaden Hullaby, uh, a linebacker slash running back, they moved him to running back as uh, this spring, he entered the portal, uh, Dejon Harrison uh, and Calvante Dixon, the two receivers, uh, moved to the portal, David Abhiara, uh, who is another edge guy potentially, that that that's yep thins that room out a little bit although it was clear watching him in spring he wasn't ready for prime time uh this year for sure and then uh, jordan thomas a guy that uh had been uh already had only been in school i think one semester uh after uh after uh signing with the previous year's class um those six moves none of those surprising to you really right
1: no, none of them were. It's just uh, part of the uh, natural selection. We call it uh, roster Darwinism. Um, you know, you've got to make make way for the new bodies that are going to come in in uh, in June. Uh, if for those that don't know, you have to be under eighty five in August, um, and then there's the the factor of you know guys that can go out. You can replace in the portal. So it's uh, there's always going to be a numbers game in college football. It's one of the uh, the, the most fun aspects for myself to follow. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a, the general manager uh, role. It's uh, it's it's a tough job, but um, especially with players being compensated these days, it's going to be an increasing part of the, uh, the deal because the expectations are going to be higher.
0: You mentioned Jordan Addison going into the portal. Um, it appears that the Bolitnikoff winner from Pitt um, was almost lured into the portal. Yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, the reporting on that is wild. Is he, did he? Was he even in the portal before everybody was speculating USC? And then and it sounds like, oh crap, people should know it's USC and then other names are being floated around. Very bizarre. Normally, yeah, the, the yeah. In the portal first. Uh,
0: so, according to um, some uh, Pat Narduzzi, the the uh, the coach uh, for uh, Pitt, where uh, Jordan Addison currently attends school, uh, called Lincoln Riley, the new head coach, previous head coach at OU, now at USC, uh, and uh, essentially, you know, wanted to know if he, his, he or someone near him was tampering with a, a player on his roster. Addison, of course, was coached by Brennan Marion, the yep. current wide receivers coach for the Longhorns last year, uh, won the butt or won the excuse me, at uh, at Pitt. And now all signs point to Addison, most likely ending up at uh, at USC. However, if he puts his name in the portal, which we haven't seen for sure yet, he's right. probably just informed coaches. It's probably not officially yep. in the portal yet but if he's just informed coaches that he's going there which is what it sounds like there is a little bit of a time a, a layover time right between actually telling people you're doing it and then uh, yeah. the paperwork getting filed it, it 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 smells to me like tampering uh but you know i'm not surprised i wouldn't be surprised and I know it's happened with some players on Texas roster where, oh, well, you go, you know, if you enter your name, then we would be really interested in you. Yeah. Um, I think that Texas is in a little bit different position than uh, Pitt in that Pitt, probably not as NIL friendly as the Longhorns would be. So anybody uh, tempting or trying to tempt a Texas uh, players are going to, you know, I, I just don't see B. John Robinson, for example, wanting to right. spend his final year somewhere else when he's, he's ready to make much larger dollars in the NFL. Xavier Worthy comes to mind uh, as a guy that could be uh, that, that, that someone could try to uh, lure, but uh, long story short, it's a new day or a new dawn in college football. And uh, I don't like if, if in fact uh, a team was tampering with another guy while on campus uh, that's a different story. I mean, luring kids into the portal, is a is a different element than maybe I think that even the NCAA, which has been totally inept uh, in right. uh, over the last really five years, uh, it, it's just a new dawn in college football that's that's got to be fixed at some level. I still want the kids to be paid what they're what they want to be paid, if, right. uh, if, but the rules have to be uh, altered somehow to make that a possibility.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I was happy that Texas. Uh, that Jordan Addison didn't go into the portal and follow Brennan Marion, man. It's just such a terrible look. Um, and if, if uh, if when coaches get caught tampering and we know it's happening more than it'll ever come out, uh, I hear about it quite frequently, um, those schools need to be hammered. Uh, they need to be made an example of. And I feel bad for Pat Narduzzi. That's got to be demoralizing. You know, that's, that's your guy that's the, your home run threat gives you a chance going into just about any game you play. Um, so people are going to lose their, their will. I mean, people aren't going to want to coach college football. You know, what's the point of moving unless you can already be at the top dog and be at the top of the food chain? You know, it's kind of funny. We're at Texas. We're covered Texas where, you know, they kind of are at the top of the food chain when it comes to these advantages that other schools don't. Uh, but hopefully the NCAA or, or the next governing body uh, gets a better handle on this stuff because it's, uh, it's, it's unseemly.
0: Yeah, it, it, I think that some people need to get in front, of, uh, in front of this. And that's the problem with the NCAA. They've gotten behind all of it. I right. mean, they they've just abdicated their power and, and well, made this into
1: the velocity of the whole cult, uh, of the whole atmosphere in college football has been been crazy. So, I mean, I don't I'll, I'll hold them in higher blame if they don't tr- start making corrections. They're, they seem quite hapless and content to just let things unravel. But things did move fast, uh, you know, just w- with players being able to get paid that opened up a whole new door. And, and uh, obviously it was going to lead to this, but they need to they need to start taking a better look at it and put in some safeguards.
0: Yeah, the problem I have with them is, you know, this this went into effect after the uh, Supreme Court decision NIL, uh, NIL did, I think in June or July, right, of this past year. Here's what I, I would say to that. I talked to numerous, a couple of uh, numerous, two. <laughs> I talked to two uh, legal guys that are actually, have sued the NCAA before, and one, uh, and they actually, one of them represented us at when I was a an executive at another company, uh, on behalf of it, and they knew the NCA was going to lose this in, in the Supreme Court, they absolutely yeah. knew it, and I think the NCA legal team knew it, and they still didn't do anything about it. They didn't prepare, and so that um, that alone, in my opinion, tells me that they have uh, they've they've kind of just. You know, I, I've said it before, but the NCAA actually in the last 20, 25 years has been nothing more than a basketball organization because yeah. that's what they get paid for is the basketball term. So, all right, ma'am. Hey, I, I appreciate your time. So it it kind of sucks for the Longhorns today. Oshan Mathis goes to TCU, uh, but you know, things go on whether it's a three-man front uh, or Baron Sorrell, uh, Justin Finkley move up. Jamon Taps coming in as well, we think. A young man from uh, Louisiana uh, that is signed with the Longhorns last, uh, I guess, in December. Uh, Eric, thank you for joining us on this special edition. For Eric Nolene, I'm Bobby Burton. This has been On Texas Football with InsideTexas.com. Thanks